Hey guys, welcome to the Pro Writer Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Blanchard. Today I have with me a special guest, Rocky Callen. She is a best-selling novelist and the author of the forthcoming nonfiction book, The Audacity of Creation. As a book coach, she pulls on her writing and publishing experience, as well as her extensive behavioral therapy background, to create experiences that not only allow a woman to finish their manuscript, but also support them in their journey so that by the end they are confident authors ready to be seen and celebrated as thought leaders. The same framework of mindset, strategy, healing, and expression works for any creative person struggling to bring their art into the world. And she supports her community through her free Facebook group, the Bleed Inc. Tribe. I will put all of the links in her show notes. And she also does international workshops and retreats for writers. So welcome, Rocky. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've known you for a long time online, so I'm excited to get to talk to you on, on the phone. Exactly. That's true. We haven't been able to connect this way. This is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool to have you here. So I'm going to just jump right in and say, tell us how you got to where you are today, sort of your journey to being the writer you are now. Oh, absolutely. So it was a freaking long journey. I <laughs> always knew I wanted to be a writer. I always knew that that was scribed on my heart from a very young age. And I would, and this is actually, let me like backtrack even a little bit before. When I was in first grade, I could not read. I had such a difficult time reading. And my teacher essentially told my mom that I was dumb and that I couldn't read. And um, I remember being really hit by that. And then I was switched out of her classroom and reading within a couple months and then became an all-out story addict bookaholic. And so when I was 9, 10, 11, that was my dream. I was just wanting to write books, and I wanted to be on bookshelves and everything. Um, and then and then when I was young, I'd always have a bunch of books, you know, propped under my feet or in my book bag, wherever I went. I always had a few books because I read them so quickly and would write. I'd have notebooks and everything. And... Um, I was sort of an oddball, you know, in my family, and I remember driving down the road and my father looking over at me while I had this book propped up in my lap and said, stop being such a geek, and he threw my book out the window, and I remember looking into the rearview mirror and thinking that that was it, that this was a childish dream and that it was time for me to let go of it. And so I let it just stay there on the side of the road. And so I threw myself into my academics, into working. I was in college by 16 and I just chugged away. And I did do writing consulting while I was in college. But it wasn't until I was pregnant with my daughter that I found my old notes for a book I was writing when I was 11, 12 years old that uh, reignited the fire in me. But even when I began to write, I was so insecure 
and so perfectionistic around trying to to write this book that it took me a year to write the first chapter because I was perfecting the hell out of it. And then as time went on, you know, that book that I started when I was a young girl, I finished and published and it became a bestseller and it felt like such a triumphant moment because I had gone through so much external negativity in the journey of writing that first book. So many people, because while I was writing that book, I was a full-time behavioral therapist and my husband didn't really get, you know, why are you doing this? Is this going to make you money? Like, are you, why are you waking up at three in the morning? Um, and finally, I just felt like I was finally seen. And then from then on, you know, the book writing process got faster and faster. I became more confident, even though as writers, we always go through like that roller coaster ride of, I'm awesome, I'm awesome, oh shit, this sucks, and then back up, I'm awesome, I'm awesome. <laughs> right. We get that, right? You know, yeah. that's just part yeah. of the creative process, but it, it's the mindset that I'm worthy and able that makes any writer unstoppable, but for me, it was a huge, huge piece of being able to move forward. Wow, that's amazing. Well, thank you, love. I know you have a beautiful story yourself. So writers, you know, we, we bring our, we bring stories to the world, fiction, nonfiction, it's irrelevant. Um, they all matter, but we all have our story that allowed those stories to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Probably couldn't have happened without it, so. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, and you mentioned some mindset stuff, which I'm going to ask you about in a minute, but I wanted to actually ask you first about the best-selling novel thing. So you had, you, you wrote your very first novel, and it became a bestseller. So I would love to hear sort of some of the stuff behind that. So was it all mindset, or do you think it was just that momentum was built, and now it was just sort of time for that to happen? Or what was sort of the strategy behind all of that? Yes, Absolutely. So for me, and it's funny because mindset, the vocabulary of mindset, I didn't understand or learn until later. You know, I was from very much a behavioral therapist background where, you know, everything was, a, you know, sort of action-based and you move through blocks and things, but it was just different vocabulary. But so in that time for that first book, and each of my novels became bestsellers, but the first book was so much strategy but it was because I was so devoted and I had no freaking clue what I was supposed to do um, but I just was all in so you know I found a phenomenal image you know and I first I had the book you know sort of in the writing process and then I found a gorgeous photographer and an image and then I found a designer and then I had that done and then the book cover image was so beautiful that it got a lot of attention with book bloggers and um and so I did a blog tour and then I got over a hundred bloggers and Facebook pages to share on release day and then I did a month-long uh book 
tour and did interviews and character sketches, like all of these things. It was like full on hardcore marathon running. Like that was the social media takeover. And it was really, it's really neat and interesting to see what was going on because what happened was I fell into the indie writer world and I was not aware of it. And I just fell so in love with it that I, I went all in. And so the relationships and connections that I made months before my book release, I know were so important in the success of that book. I know that the time I spent just like connecting and really building friendships, like those are friendships that, you know, as an entrepreneur now and different things that happen in my life, I've been removed from a lot of the hard fiction world that I was in. But I know if I message any of them, they'd be like, oh, Rocky, of course, girl, where have you been? And it'd just be like nothing ever stopped, you know, not like nothing was ever dropped. And um, so I think relationship building alongside strategically getting as visible as possible are so, so, so important. And that's all from really partnering up with things in your target audience. Like I did not go try to get on Mind Body Green at that point because I had nothing to do with that world. Whereas I was all in for, you know, book bloggers and, and YouTubers and people like that, that their target market was a the young adult market, which my book was, my first book was. So that was a very specific, strategic, even though I was chaotic in my strategy. Um, it was sort of just like, I want to try everything. And so that's what I did. And it was like um, heavy hitting. But the third book, the second book was similar to the first book. It was a little less because I had my own audience at that point. Like I was nobody with the first book nobody absolutely nobody like I wasn't a blogger I wasn't anything I was like a little behavioral therapist and then I popped onto the world I'm like I'm writing a book come hang out with me you know so nobody for book one book two I had an audience so when I launched they followed me and um and that was easier with my third book though it was a completely different book and it was about my first two books were fantasy novels. My third book was about a young woman who dies from suicide on page one, and she has to walk through her life and witness the brokenness she's left behind. And so it was a completely different vibe of book and a completely different audience. And so it did not feel right for me to launch it the same way. So the first two books felt like a party, like a month-long party of a launch. And this book was really about intimate connection. So I launched it in a way that really doesn't appear like launching a book. I was just in a place where I was so desperate 
deeply aching to reach you know, men and women who were suffering from depression and who needed connection. And so I went to Twitter and I like looked up hashtag depression and I saw these people making these posts about contemplating suicide or feeling so depressed. And I would just send out hundreds of messages of just to let them know that they're seen, that they're needed, that there's someone here. I would start up random conversations just to keep them engaged. And then I took that conversation onto Facebook and I was in the Desire Map group, which is created by Danielle Laporte. And I remember um, as part of the book launch for that one, I did a candle lighting ceremony for anyone who had lost someone to suicide. And so all of these names kept coming in and some from that group, they were just so supportive and loving because I was nervous. It was such a different feel, different energy. And I did not know how the book would be received. And so it was so much more quote unquote work because there was so much more one-on-one -on -one time because I was just wanting to intimately connect with people. But at the same time, it didn't feel like work at all. It felt like purpose. It felt like something that was needed and necessary. And that book became bestseller too. But for me, the bestseller stat, like for me, the first two books, bestseller status was like, hallelujah, choir of angels, freaking so excited. With this book, it meant a lot to me because it meant that people had it in their hands and were reading it. But what meant more to me were the reviews and the hundreds of emails I got afterwards and how parents were asking me to get the book into their school systems and talk at their schools, which is what actually I'm going to be focusing a lot of my time and energy on for next year. So very, very different book launches. And I like to highlight that because there is no one way to launch. Every book has its own energy, has its own heart, and that dictates the kind of launch it will be. So sometimes it's like huge-ass party, and then sometimes it's very quiet and soulful and about connection. And sometimes it's like world domination. You know, it's like a takeover. It's fierce and the revolution, a movement. And I love analyzing all of those kinds of launches. Um, and I feel grateful to have experienced the different style of launches so that I know that in the end it does come down to what you believe is possible and how important it is to honor what you've created. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> so, but it seems like out of all of that, the common thread is really that building relationships and connections and sort of just being willing to get on a face-to-face -face or rather even online sort of person-to-person -person level with potential readers and potential people who can spread the word about the book. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think the core of almost anything is relationship building. And it's true because, you know, as writers, it's lonely. It can be so lonely. And I'm one of the most introverted people out there. I adore working from home. I adore yeah. not leaving the house. Yeah, um, me too. But there's this, there's this, this beauty around creating relationships when you love something so fiercely and you gather other people to love it with you. And so that just builds one, it builds energy and it builds excitement and momentum and buzz and everything. But it also makes you feel one, you're not alone. Two, you're not going unseen. And three, that people are waiting for what you have to say for what you have written, for what you're creating. And so to be constantly aware that there are always people waiting for you. And that for me has been a huge piece of overcoming resistance when I don't want to write <laughs> or I feel tiny or small or unable, unworthy, you know, all of those old fears start creeping in always refocusing and knowing that I've built relationships around what I've created and what I will create. And I can't dishonor that by going invisible now. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you mentioned and you said I'm worthy and able and, and sort of all of that, I feel like obviously is mindset stuff. So that's mm -hmm. probably the perfect segue to talk about how do you get your mindset in that right place, the place that it needs to be, like you said, to actually show up, to get over the resistance, to just force yourself to do the writing on the days when you just don't want to? Like, mm -hmm. what is your whole mindset practice or just how you kind of deal with all that stuff? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I have had so much mindset things to overcome in order to be one a writer and then to just be seen online and an entrepreneur, all of that. And so definitely things start to creep back in, you know, and so there's a few things that I do for myself and then I always recommend for other people. And the two things that just like right off the bat is I always create a book vision when I'm about to set up my writing time, when I'm about to go into a project. And the vision is really about the heart of the book versus the outline of it. It's about going deeper into what do I want people to feel? What do I want people to take away? What do I want people to expect when looking at the book cover? What do I want the blurbs to sound like? Those sort of things. Um, because it gets me sometimes I get overwhelmed in the nitty gritty of things and the idea of like, oh man, I have to crank out 200 more pages or whatever, but it's so easy to connect with the vision. And so that gives me stamina when I'm feeling really behind or overwhelmed. Um, the other thing that I always do is when I write when I'm about to write a book, I write a five-star review from the perspective of my ideal reader. And I really go into it. 
you know, I write about why they love the book, what they took away, what they liked about my writing, what they expect from me next. Like I go really into it and I put that someplace very visible from my writing space. And so whenever I'm looking at a blank page and this is designated writing time and I'm like, oh, Facebook notifications, let me go see what's over there. Then I look at the review and say, how selfish am I being by neglecting her right now? And so I always think about my readers. Like that for me is very much a driving force for my mindset is that to be a servant leader, and for me, a book is just a vessel for your impact and your influence and your message. You, you know, I need to be present for the people that are meant to read what I am writing. So I get really connected with my readers and who they are and why I'm writing. And then for me, on really low days, I do mirror work affirmations and mirror work and or I always this is just my in terms of my overall mindset practice I do a mindset practice every day and they include a list of beliefs that are much longer than just a simple affirmation they're generally like a few lines or a paragraph and um, they range from everything from income goals to to you know moving to the house, what I want for my daughter, what I want for my body, and then always what I want for my writing. And so that's something that I think because I do that on a daily basis, I read those things out and then I visualize for a few minutes around, you know, what does all of that look like in actuality? Um, that in general, my confidence tends to stay pretty even moving forward, but on really difficult days, mirror work where I'm standing in front of a mirror, I'm probably ugly crying because I feel so, you know, insignificant or unable. Um, I'll say, you are worthy of this work. You are capable of this work. You have been seen and recognized for this work. You know, the only way is to keep going, you know, and, and so I, I tend to give myself many pep talks. So between just a daily mindset practice for everything in my life, that includes writing, to getting really in touch with my readers and my, my desire to be a servant leader and my desire to be present and always impacting them in some capacity, never forgetting them. Um, and then also my mirror work, my mini pep talks are all things that keep me in the zone or keep me writing. And I think that because for, especially for books, you know, there's, there's resistance and mindset blocks and everything around all sorts of writing. Absolutely for sure. Um, but what I see a lot of times with book writing is that it seems so big to people that they get scared to start or they get scared to finish. 
And so I always remind them, it's like, it's just one word after another. It's just one page after another. You just keep on going and you'll reach the end. I promise you, if you keep putting one word after another, you'll reach the end. And so that's what I do. So sometimes I have like a hundred words down and then sometimes I'll crank out 6,000 and I just honor all of it because it all counts. Love it. That's, that's really awesome. And I love that you say it all counts because I think that's another thing a lot of writers struggle with is thinking that they have to put themselves in a box of, I can only write if I have an hour. I can only write if I actually get a thousand words. Or, And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think that's a great point to make that it, it all counts. And doing 500 words or five words is better than doing zero. Exactly. Exactly. I actually say this to, um, uh, to, to my tribe. It's like you can write your book in three-minute increments, like in three-minute sprints. Like my second book that I wrote, I wrote in six weeks, and I wrote all of it in three- to ten-minute sprints throughout the day because I was still a behavioral therapist working full time. So when my client went to the bathroom, I would write on napkin or I'd write on uh, my notebook. (laughs) And when I got home, you know, same thing. It's like devotion to your, to your project. Um, And so those stolen moments count those few lines count. And sometimes those few lines are going to be, the gem of what you've written so you just don't 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 let them go always when you have that muse hit scramble for something to write with and um, you'll be grateful that you didn't let it pass you by awesome so I wanted to ask you about your writing habits so you sort of talked about that you, when you can't write, the things you do and, and sort of how you get yourself back. So do you write every day? Do you have sort of a daily practice or is it more about being inspired? How does that work for you? Yeah, you know, I've tried, I've done it both ways. And I'll say that if I have an editor deadline, mom is going to be writing every day. <laughs> um, Generally, I don't write every day. I don't write in terms of my book writing. I don't write every day. I do write every day. Um, so in terms of writing, I journal every day or I write essentially love letters to my tribe every day. But in terms of book writing, I really, until I've decided to begin a project, I don't, I, I'm very much, I think a lot about a project and then I tend to sit down and then it flows out of me. I'm a big think first person. Um, and I like doing that because I like giving myself space to do that because I enjoy seeing all the little pieces fall into place and the little ahas. And so I journal about those things and then I'm generally able to take that and say, okay, I've made a decision. I'm going to write by X time, set my deadline. And then I map it out however I feel most comfortable. So generally, I always do sprints when I'm like in book writing mode. I always do sprints because 
I like feeling like I'm making maximum impact of, you know, those slivers of time. But then I'll do sometimes writing every day, but sometimes it will be more like I'm setting up my writing dates with myself. Sometimes they're in the middle of the night. Sometimes they're like all day on a weekend. Sometimes they're between two calls. But I look at my schedule and I get very intentional about this is when I'm going to devote to my writing. And so I won't schedule calls. I won't do anything that would compromise that. And sometimes if I'm feeling resistant, then I make it sort of an actual date where, you know, I get like the most delicious coffee or snack or, you know, I create sort of a little ritual of pleasure around it to associate the pleasure with the writing, especially when sometimes when you're beginning. For me, it's usually like in the middle of the writing process um, when you're in like the middle of the book and you're like, oh, my gosh, will it ever end? Um, then I need to get re-energized. And to do that, I do uh, sort of glammed up writing dates. To, to make it fun and exciting and keep me on track and on point. So, so yeah, I don't do, I don't do the daily writing on, for books. I map it out on my calendar. I create the writing dates. And then whenever I've made the decision to do the, to have a deadline for myself, I also incorporate writing sprints, you know, those probably happen every day, but they're not, set aside as I'm going to do X amount a day. Those are just like, these are extra. These are bonus. So it makes me feel really good and excited about this piece too. And you said something, you oh, said yeah, something associating, um, associating, um, associating pleasure with doing writing. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool mindset trick because I think um, a lot of times writers think that it has to be hard and it's going to be a struggle and like, and I always try to say it's all about what you decide it's going to be. And so mm -hmm. if you decide it's going to be easy and fun and slow, that's what's going to happen. So um, I love that you said associate pleasure with doing the writing because I think that's huge, huge important tips that people need to take away from this is that writing can actually be fun, enjoying, you know, a joyful event, something that you actually enjoy doing that you don't want to fight going to the page, but you actually want to show up because you're so excited about you know, what you get to be part of as you do that. And not just the actual writing, but, you know, the experience. So the environment or whatever pleasure you've given yourself to go with it, you know, a treat or coffee or something like that. I think that's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Just like you said, exactly what you said. And I know that, like, this is a big part of your message is that you decide, right? You know, you decide what your writing is going to be. You decide what your relationship with your writing is going to be. So absolutely, we always stand in choice. Love it. Okay, so my last question was just, what is your absolute favorite or the best piece of advice you always give for writers who are either starting out or who are in process but haven't actually hit publish yet? What's the best thing that you would recommend for them? Hmm. So... I always have I I always change I think my answer for this whenever I'm asked <laughs> and I always 
too, like one sort of um, the bigger the bigger vision and the nitty gritty. So the bigger thing is, if the dream is in you to write a book or write anything, then you have to give yourself radical permission to let it out. And what I see a lot is people say how desperate and aching and how long they've waited to write a book and maybe someday and those some days never come and a lot of times there's excuses around it time energy money whatever it may be but deeper than that there's fear and so I always want people to know that it doesn't matter no matter where they are right now, they have to give themselves radical permission to see that dream through. And by doing so, when you give yourself that space and time, for me, it's not about just what you produce, the book you create, but it's the transformation you go through along the way. Because the woman that has dreamed of writing for the last 15 years and writes her first page is different than the one that hits publish because she had to go through a journey to get there. And for her to honor the journey and stick with it, diligence, and devotion are absolutely essential. And I think that I could give you, you know, how to write your book in a month, easy peasy, you know, write 1,667 words a day and you got 50,000 words in a month. But I can like scream that from rooftop, but it won't happen unless you do the mindset work and unless you are fully devoted to the dream that's in your heart and you recognize, know on a soul deep level that you're worthy of making it real. Love it. I, I seriously got chills when you were saying all that. That was awesome. So Yay, just devotion, awesome. honor the journey. Love it. <laughs> it's great. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I would love for you to just tell us where we can find you. And like I said, I'm going to put links to all this in the show notes. But if you just want to let us know what you're up to and where we can find you, then love awesome. to hear that. Fabulous, fabulous. So, yes, you can find me on RockyCallan.com. And like you mentioned at the top of the call, uh, the Bleed Ink Tribe is where I'm most active. It's a Facebook group. And I play in there pretty much every day answering questions and people celebrate their ahas, everything. And the next thing that's on my radar right now um, is my Bleed Ink in Bali retreat that's happening in January. So bleedinkinbali.com. So those are the places where you will find me. And Facebook is where I'm most active. And um, I love, I love, love, love connecting with people and their story and their, and their writing. Because for me, every moment that 
someone can be inspired to give in to their dream just makes me feel like that little girl back when I was 11, 12 years old, it, it reconnects me to her, that energy, that in love feeling. Um, and I just want to spread that and never let people like just throw away their dream. Like they can live it now. They can honor it now. So find me on Facebook and we'll play and have so much fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It was, a, it was a lot of fun to hear everything you said. Like I said, you're super soulful, so it's it's great to to hear because I'm I'm so not that way. So <laughs> to hear someone else say those kinds of things in a different way is is very you know it just touches me. So I love it. Awesome. All right, and everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. And if you liked what you heard, be sure to check out Rocky stuff and be sure to share this with your friends. And catch us next time.